grab your definitely not trademarked silver masked huntsman and little green child friend. It's time for GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 457 of the GeekCast Live podcast. I'm your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe. Nick cannot make it this week. He is at a Riff Raff concert, which... I didn't know Riff Raff no was It's been a while since he's Riff Raffed. He's thrown. He goes to at least one a year. He loves yeah. Riff Raff. It's, this it's is like, like the reunion tour. This is his Hodge. But take heed... Because there are four of us on the show now. We have a guest. We do. Yes, the beautiful, beautiful Joel Winstead from the yes, North Carolina hello. Film Critics Association. Mm. He has beaten me in at least two paprika drafts. Wasn't that hard? No. Yeah. I thought I, I did really well. I, I was going to go to the Riff Rap concert, but I couldn't find the dumpster that it was behind. So I had to, I decided to come here. Hey. That's <laughs> fair. That is fair. Yeah, conveniently, That's, our studio was right next to the dumpster. So it's decent criticism, to be honest. Um, I I need to know. I, I I still have yet to find the key that unlocks the Paprika draft win. I just can't. I can't. I can't seem to figure it out. Yeah. Well, you have to let leave your heart at the door, and you just got to go with with the majority populace. Yeah. Picks. Yep. Oh, Joe and I were on a tag team draft one time yeah. and we had to do a, we had to put together a heist film. Uh-huh. And we put together a what if Wes Anderson did a heist film. Right. And I think we blew it out of the fucking park. Yeah. Well, what says populist more than Wes Anderson? Yay. <laughs> Within the paprika. We, uh, we got fucking universe. crushed. Paprika yeah. doesn't like Wes Anderson. And, I mean, I if you like paprika is very, is very micro, but if you look at the macro within paprika, it's very, I mean, everyone's, you know, they love Captain America and, you know, like it's, they're going to go along with the masses. It's just the paprika version of it, yep. you know? I was in an MCU draft. I had a chance to take cap. I didn't because yeah. I, I was trying to actually cast for like a war of the realms movie. Sure. And um, I wanted Thor for that. And he was available. Yeah. If I'd have taken cap, I'd have won. Turns out. Oh, yeah, it turns wouldn't out have mattered what else I had. It doesn't matter if I had anything key. else. Yeah. If I had cap it's, and shit. Yeah. There's a bunch yeah. of Land shit. war in Asia, battle <laughs> of wits with the Sicilian when death is on the line, uh, trusting your friends with pastor's kids. Yeah. And um and and not choosing cap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Rookie mistake, truly. The four classic blunders. <laughs> right. Hold on, that's a good show title. <laughs> the four classic blunders. On this show, Joel, we often um, forget we're recording and just sure. like you know make notes on air. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great listen. It's why we, it's, great it's habit, why we're famous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, with one guy in the uh, Chicago suburbs right. who hasn't listened in six years. Wow. Uh, you got recognized though. I know it was fucking weird. One time on Wait, on a public transit, yeah, a guy actually like, hey, you're. Are you geek cast? Are you cartoon Joe or whatever? And he was like, yeah. yes, yes, I am. This is strange, stranger. 
I don't know how he recognizes your face from an audio medium, but and a cartoon. It's, picture uh, yeah, it's the bit clip on the website. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Art. You uh, look exactly like you sound though. To, I mean, oh, thank he you. Does I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> it. You're he's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> you look exactly like you sound. I, I'm I could, very into that. I'd love when people look like how they sound. If I think if you had somebody that didn't know you and has never seen you, they would get reasonably could draw close. you perfectly. They'd get reasonably close yeah. to be able to say, like, that's Joe. Yeah. Close your eyes and you're like, it's giving Joe. Yeah. yeah. Vibes. Old timey saloon piano player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you you wear an arm garter. Right. Serves no practical purpose. I don't know why they're gonna come back. They're gonna come back. Why don't you keep, you should keep a harmonica in your arm garter. I should, I should learn how to play it and then nope. keep it there. Nope. No, you just have one. Just, this is my decorative harmonica. It's exactly right. Decorative harmonica. Writing that down too. Uh, Rob, that's the name yes. of my uh, cover band. Decorative harmonica. Yeah, that's a great, great name for band. What's up, Ryan? What's made you smile this week? Uh, it is the first week back at school. Uh, today was actually the first day of school as of recording, uh, for teaching and it was pretty fantastic. I had a whole new class of kindergartens, kindergartners, some of whom I actually recognized this year, which was wild to me. From preschool? Uh, from preschool. Yeah. Just like wandering around and, uh, shit. And then, uh, just, I, it never ceases to amaze me watching children get older because it's that daunting realization of shit. At what point in time do I have to uh, reckon with being old myself? And I'm not ready for it yet. So, uh, so yeah, it was a really great first day of school, getting to see a bunch of familiar faces, meet a bunch of new ones, uh, and just kind of get hyped up and excited and ready for the new year. So very cool stuff. They say you're, uh, I've seen the way they treat you, the kids. Yeah. You're a, I don't hate me. I think you do a great job at it. So they fucking love you. Thank you. I, uh, I really enjoy it as well. Uh, Joe, what about you? Oh man. I feel like many things have made me smile this week, but if I had to pick one, it would be, um, the knowledge fight that I listened to yesterday that came out on my birthday. Um, I just listening to Dan and Jordan do a pretty credible Robin Ryan arguing about cake versus sandwiches and sandwiches versus cake. And isn't the ocean just gazpacho? It's all Um, soup with with like a I agree with, on that one with an yeah. over with a with like a, a overtone of um of like cymatics we're going to bring cymatics into the conversation like we just got done reading like the like the Q shaman uh was reading Brian <laughs> Sanders or Brandon Sanderson in jail um I just I really enjoyed that episode I had a lot of fun listening to it and um yeah if you're not a knowledge fight listener I highly recommend go listen to it yeah, that was pretty fuck wild. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I couldn't yeah. even I couldn't even listen to it with the normal like hatred and scorn because it was so absurd. I could just enjoy it. It was like a Project Camelot episode. It was, it was like, all it right. was like so, 
like the squatch <laughs> in that it was like a uh project camelot episode i uh i had to pause it many times because it got to the point where i was like i just need to fucking like I need to stop whatever I'm doing right now and go outside and touch grass for a little bit because I feel like I'm frying my brain listening to this shit. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel, do you listen to Knowledge Fight? I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, it is a, it's a show that was, so it's, it's based off of uh, these two guys. They happen to live in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Dan and Jordan. I don't remember their last names. I know that they're out there, so it's not sure. like they would be doxing them. Well, they're but in anyway, Chicago. They're in sure. Chicago. Um, they, for like six, seven years, uh, Dan is just like very interested in listening to InfoWars, not because he agrees with it, but because he thinks it's important to dissect it and point out all the lies and bullshit that Alex Jones spews. Mm-hmm. And so he and his buddy Jordan, just they get on. He Dan listens to, I think, every episode of, of InfoWars that comes out. And sometimes live. And then he'll be like, well, that's a really interesting topic. Um, let's I'm going to I'm going to sit down and write an essay explaining all of the things that are lies. And uh, my friend who I know doesn't listen to it, we're going to listen to a few clips and then I'm going to put those clips in context and then I'm going to explain why they're bullshit. Um, and Jordan is just very bombastic and ridiculous. And um yeah, and so uh, on on August fifth, Alex Jones had uh, the Q shaman come on as his guest and uh, talk about like the Q shaman's philosophy on the world, and Incredible. he believes that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's he just he he believes that where our goal in life is to achieve a higher vibration because the Earth is a speaker system that vibrates with the frequency of of the universe uh god whatever and um as human beings we're in a time of chaos right now because we're transitioning from a less simple frequency to a more complex frequency right and um it's, it's just it's fuck wild shit delightfully yeah, ridiculous and i i try to be nice about most people's um religious beliefs and stuff because i want people to be nice about my religious beliefs um, but sometimes they they're just absurd. And um, when when they lead you down the path of white supremacy and and any kind of like um, uh, exclusion of other people based on things they can't change about themselves, um, they deserve to be mocked and scorned and <laughs> and kicked out of, of reasonable society. Right. So, you know, anyway. that would make me smile as well. Yeah. Um, but what's that? Now that you brought it up. What did make you smile this week? What made me smile this week? <clears throat> well, what made me smile this week? So several things made me smile this week. Uh, I've been so I I I've, uh, I love movies. That's kind of like my thing. And uh, I've seen The Exorcist. It was been one of my favorite movies. Um, Rip. There's yeah, it's and so I've been reading mm-hmm. this book, like this fifty years legacy of of Exorcist book that just came out. And in the book, I thought I was just going to talk about like Friedkin and the exorcist and the making of the exorcist. But um, it also covers exorcist to the heretic exorcist three. Um, it covers exorcist, the prequel two movies and then the TV show. But I had only ever seen just the exorcist. I had never seen anything else because I was afraid to because I heard they all were terrible. Um, so I watched exorcist two, which no one should ever do. But you sh- if you 
want to be a completionist, you should watch it, but don't you want do to get it. that achievement. Yeah. But then if you really want to unlock some good achievements, you need to watch <laughs> Exorcist three because that movie rules. And I can't believe it took me so long to watch it. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. It's George C. Scott playing the role of Lee Jake Cobb in the first one. Um, is kind of carrying on that character and it's uh-huh. it's amazing it's like set in like a mental institution and brad Dourif plays the gemini killer like it's bonkers it's wild and it's really great um but that's not what made me what made me smile what made me smile is that i've been watching these horror movies in the living room while i hold my son my four-month-old son as he <laughs> sleeps and my wife will come out of the of the bedroom and and run to the bathroom and the first time she did i was watching a nightmare on elm street Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in that movie where the one of the main girls is getting killed by uh, Freddy Krueger, yep. and she's kind of going up against up the wall on the ceiling, spun around, and just blood going everywhere. And that was when my wife came out and looked at the TV, oh, looked no. at me holding the sun, and was like, "What?" Preparing him for the real. Yeah. He's it's, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. And then. And then like the next day, she's like, why would you subject yourself to that? And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, it's a movie. It's, it's a horror class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it, and then it, literally, literally the next night I'm watching the original exorcist and uh, <laughs> holding my son. He's asleep. My wife comes out right when Reagan is spewing the most vile <laughs> evil <laughs> stuff <laughs> towards the priest. And she like stops her in her tracks and she's like, are you okay? Uh, yeah, are you going through something? We need to talk for a little bit. Uh, I'm yeah, but I'm okay. And um, <laughs> but it did horror make me enthusiast. Yeah, you like good shit. Oh man, that's fun. I love it, Buck. What I, made you smile this week? Um, my Chicago Cubs are on a fucking tear. Nice. They are a wild card team. They are, uh, I think they did just drop two of three to the fucking Mets, which is a fucking bummer, but um, they're a really good baseball team and they've, they're putting off like 2015 vibes. Um, is that good or bad? Well, that's, that was a surprise. It was a year they kind of came out of nowhere, went all the way to the championship series and almost made it to the World Series. Yeah, but don't you guys say that every year? Yeah, that's why we're fans. Okay. Um, all right, following. Yeah. Anyway, that's been making me smile big time. I uh it's been fun to watch um relevant good Cubs baseball again. That's been uh I got I was I had kind of packed it in. Another failed season. There'll be sellers at the All-Star break. We'll have another rebuild year. Nothing'll happen right in the football. Let's fucking go Bears. And uh now I'm torn cuz we got football this Saturday. That's when preseason starts and Normally by now, being a Cubs fan, I've fully shifted into Bears mode. I, you know, right. I could I could tell you what's going on. It's you know, camp and rosters and fantasy football is getting ready to ramp up. So you're doing a lot of your research of rookies and everything. And I really haven't been paying attention to football at all because the Cubs are relevant. And when the Cubs are relevant, that's really that's a it's a good time to be alive. That's yeah. what's making me smile this week. Relevant oh, nice. Cubs like baseball. That. That doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Not as of late. I mean, we had a run 15, 16, 17, 18 was all right. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, they won it in 16. Sure. But uh, uh, yeah, then they blew the team up and we've been rebuilding since. So happens to some of us. It's nice to be back. It's nice to know what I'm going to watch on TV every night. 
because there's a Cubs, there's baseball on every night. So knowing that we get to come home and at like seven o'clock, I can turn a Cubs game on or Saturday afternoon. We'll throw it on the radio, which is even better. Um, And then I watched Sorcerer again a couple nights ago because one must. And um, Joel, I see you shaking your head. I just don't know what it is. It's fantastic. The sorcerer or just sorcerer? It's It's called called sorcerer. Sorcerer. Mm. And it's a freaking movie. Fucking Ralph Bakshi shit. No, no, you're thinking of wizards. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) A lot of people make the mistake. It has nothing to do with fantasy. No. Ah. Um, really good movie. Open the same weekend as Star Wars, I believe. 77. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a bold move. Right. For a film titled Sorcerer. Right. <laughs> but uh great movie. I had never heard of it, to be honest. And then probably seven years ago or so, um, Jason Piles sent me a copy of Sorcerer from the movie podcast uh nice weekly. weekly. He sent me a uh well, it's like monthly now, but anyway, he sent me a copy of it and I was like, the fuck is this? I never heard of it. And then watched it and um fantastic. Roy Scheider's in it which is great. Um, it's a great movie and I would highly yeah. recommend it. And it's not it's one really of those good. movies, Rob, where like, or Joe, sorry, where like everybody's like, oh, you haven't seen The Godfather? So you don't have to like, you can just watch it, you know, without making a big deal about it. Nice. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Turns out yeah, mutual friend, Daryl Mansell has never seen it. Yeah, well, he's dumb. I sent him a copy. The copy he owns was sent by me to him really? to watch like three years ago, and the fuckers never watched. Watch. I really appreciate that we're putting this in a public place to put on. Did you like, send to, it to on, DVD on blast? Oh, or? you're on blast, sir. Seed. <laughs> you see what? What was the? Was it a Blu-ray? A DVD? Blu-ray. Smoke signal. Blu-ray. Ah. Blu-ray. Smoke signal. Yeah. Uh, I was watching Sorcerer. Wrote it out smoke binary. <laughs> you should watch Sorcerer. It's you can rent it on Amazon for like three bucks. Oh, because it's not streaming anywhere as of right now. But go into it cold, but know that it has nothing to do with witches and wizards. Nope. uh, But it's a very good movie. But Ryan, did you know that was a remake? I did not. So there's a movie that came out in 19, whatever, 53 ish. It's called Wages of Fear. Okay. It's a a Henry Clouseau joint. Okay. Um, Black and white. It, it, it's just as good as Sorcerer, if not better. It's got all the same uh, crazy anxiety. It's it's very, very good. I, I believe it's streaming on the Criterion channel. It's on the Criterion collection. I think it might be on Max as well, but it's called Wages of Fear. And I, if you like Sorcerer, I highly I recommend checking out Wages of Fear. Wages of Fear. I'm fascinated by this. I'm going to have to check these out. <laughs> Um, oh, I even just found it on Daily Motion. If you don't want to log into anything, yeah, I've been, um, um, I've I've been thinking, I've been trying to watch a lot of older movies lately, and I remember thinking, you know what, with Friedkin dying and everything, I should just go ahead and watch Sorcerer again anyway. Mm. So, really good though. That uh, I would I would highly recommend it. Yes, very good. And what is that, Joe? That's a, you just sent the link to uh, Wages of Fear on Daily Motion. Yep. Rock and roll. Look at that. Might stay up late tonight now. Do it. Do it. It's 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 anxiety. Uh like you like uh like, like sorcerer, like there's it's it's very tense. Yeah. Um wages of fear. Yeah, so good. Does it release or is it like Babadook where it just 
never it's just, releases. It's, you just edge, dude. It's just Excellent. you're there. All right, you're yeah, there. I'll have to check yeah. this out. You're there. Yeah, it helps with stamina. It really does. All right. Yep. It's the it's the cock ring of film. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever heard that applied to that. The magic earring says of film. a critic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's put it on the DVD. Films. Yeah. It says critic of films. <laughs> um, let's put some plugs in. And then speaking of we've got two films we've really got to dive into. So oh, I'm yeah. gonna put the plugs in now. Hey guys, question for you. Yeah. I'm I'm here. Ask um, away. Where would you go if you were looking for like like knee pads and hair ties, but like they had our slogans and logos on them and stuff? I don't um, know. Volleyballmag.org. Oh, you went that volleyball, doesn't sound right. which is nice. I no. was thinking maybe what? a lion's den, but in lieu of going to mm. an adult sex shop, maybe we go to Threadless. Maybe we go specifically to gcl.threadless.com. GCL.threadless.com. Could I get a could I get a, a hat rack? I believe so. Nice. Can I get the shower curtain? Yeah. What about stickers? Nope. Oh, okay. There's How about stickers. a notebook? Yes. Fantastic. That's if GCL. I went there, could I possibly <laughs> could I possibly get a discount? Yes. How could I do that? We'd have to create a discount code. <laughs> oh, fuck me. GCL.threadless.com. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Rob, have you seen Barbie and or Oppenheimer? Uh, I have not seen Barbie. Fascinating. You've yeah. seen Oppenheimer. I've seen Oppenheimer, yeah. I've not seen Oppenheimer, but I've seen Barbie. Oh. Joe, you have seen both, but not on the same day. And Correct. Joel, you barbenheimered. I barbenheimered. This is I could so jealous. I wanted Betty, to so bad. I could have asked for a better collection of experiences with these two movies than what we have right now. So Joel, I, I wanted to Barbenheimer so bad. Yeah. And I had plans. We were gonna go, um, we were gonna go get like a like a cigarette and some oatmeal for breakfast. Sure. And then we we're going to go see Oppenheimer, my wife and I. Um, and then we were going to get some margaritas and some Mexican food and some more margaritas. And then we were going to probably take an edible and go see Barbie and then come home and then come home. Like we're going to have like a house party. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this see, was I'd be, have done it the other way. This was going to be for our anniversary. So we wanted to end on like a high note. Right. OK. So that Saturday that's that why. it came out was was our anniversary. And then I slowly started realizing that that's what I wanted to do for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And not at all what she wanted to do for our anniversary. So mm-hmm. I, we, we canceled plans. We'll go see it some other time. So. I'm so happy to hear somebody's experience of what Barbenheimering was like, because it seemed like something I wanted to be able to say I did. Like, it seemed like a moment. And yeah. uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Is this to me or is this the full? Yeah, send it, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's full send. So um, as soon as as soon as the word came out that Oppenheimer was coming out, all the little film boys and girls got very, very excited for Oppenheimer. Sure. And then Warner Brothers released their schedule 
And because so there's a history here. So Christopher Nolan was almost was exclusively with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. He does moves with Warner Brothers. Every major release he's had since like, <clears throat> I don't know, the following has been like Warner Brothers. And then they had like a fallen out and it got a little bit ugly. And then he went over to Universal somewhere else. And so Warner Brothers, some people say this, some people don't say this. I tend to believe it. But Warner Brothers is like, you know what? Fuck you. Barbie. Same day as Oppenheimer. Let's go. They, you know, like, let's take money out of his pocket, essentially. So already already there was like this, like, what are you going to go see? And then it kind of turned into Barbenheimer. Let's go a double feature, baby. Like all day. The internet got a hold of it and turned it into some weird. Yeah. And then it just became like a meme overnight. So then it's like, you know, there was no one or the other. It was like the film community kind of like banded together and they were like Greta Gerwig. We love Christopher Nolan. We love let's do this. So as soon as tickets were available, me and my two buddies, we were like, we call We all work at the same place. We got off of work. Paul, you know, scheduled our day off, bought tickets, 1040 Oppenheimer, lunch, 350 Barbie. Um, I got a Barbenheimer t-shirt. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a moment you could, you, you got to the theater, you're walking up to the theater and you're seeing people in fedoras. You're seeing people all head to toe in pink. There's dudes in drag. Like, it's like, it's, I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this Hell is, it, yeah. you know, like I, I haven't seen it. that level of excitement since like a Potter premiere or Lord of the Rings or, you know, like it yeah. was, a, it was an event, you know, and I hadn't seen that definitely since before COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was really fun to see. Yeah. I, I had, when the internet took it over and it became a meme and it became a thing that you could actually participate in, it's all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I promise if I, if, if my anniversary was the next fucking day, I'd have done it. Yeah. Cause it just seemed, and I think what was appealing, obviously what was appealing about it, right. Is it's two, it, it, they're two completely disparate movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, so I kind of so hate similar. that everything's being forced now. Like saw patrol is a thing because the right. new saw and the Paul patrol movies coming out. Oh, yeah. you're not going to get me to a Paul patrol <laughs> movie. No. no, you know, so it doesn't have the same. There, there isn't the same, and I, I, uh, I there, there is a certain level of appeal, trying though. to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I will. I think I'll forever look back at it as a like, yeah. And I think like, it was like a always, FOMO thing because all I, I knew people who went to go see Barbie who never go to movies. They never think about it. They never talk about it. And then after that, they're like. Maybe we should see Oppenheimer. And like, these are like, you know, 16 year old girls that I work with at my job. Like, I was like, you should go see Oppenheimer, do it, you know? But, but like there there's, I've never been a part of like, of, of, of something that like, I mean, everybody saw Barbie, everybody. I mean, it's, it's been it, after 17 days of release made a billion dollars. Um, it is insane. Well. Like, yeah, yeah. Very impressive. It's also a, good movie too mm-hmm. so that helps i think if yeah. it was if it was shit right? oh yeah it'd be um you know if it was amy schumer's barbie <laughs> I, I don't know if it would have been yeah yeah the word of mouth was yeah, Polly pocket oh, yeah she's doing a Polly pocket movie isn't she yeah, yeah. wait what <laughs> yeah no it was uh, no not rock. not amy schumer lena dunham's doing it lena dunham yeah yeah for the mattel I, uh cinematic universe yeah right right no. 
I hate it. Thanks. Who else does Mattel own? G.I. Joe? Uno? Um, that, no, that's looking, Hasbro. That is Hasbro. Mm. It's Hasbro. You're right. I don't know what Mattel owns, honestly. <laughs> Hot either. Wheels, Fisher Price, American Girl. Let's go with Hot Wheels. J.J. Abrams is already in line to do the Hot Wheels. Would story. you cast Vin Diesel as your lead in the Hot Wheels movie? Absolutely not. I thought you were going to go with the Greg Grunberg, but yeah. Greg no. Grunberg. <laughs> His muse. Yeah. J.J. Uh, Abrams' muse. <laughs> Ridiculous. So what did you, so coming out of it, Yeah, you've seen them both, saw them both the same day. Yeah. You got a favorite? You got one you like better than the other? Yeah. Was, saw, there, was there an experience that was better than the other? Well, I watched Oppenheimer in IMAX. Like first thing in the morning, so like I was like very alert. I was very like in, you know. And I, I was more excited for Oppenheimer. I, I so I I actually pre-gamed Greta Gerwig before this event. I didn't have time to do Nolan, but I've seen his movies plenty of times. Sure. So I watched <clears throat> Lady Bird and I watched Little Women again, and like just wept during Little Women, like a like heave cried yeah. again. And then I was like, I am so ready for Greta to like unleash her version of Barbie. So I got pretty hyped for Barbie, but I was still way more hyped for for Nolan because I'm, you know, like it's the little film sure. bro inside of me and Donnie Jr. and all these people were involved. And sure. um, and I was I was hoping for some Killian Murphy dong. I was like, I rated, was rated so R, disappointed. Renudity. And I was like, this is it. This is our moment. This is and our time. Yeah. And there was no, no, no hanging down. It was, I mean, it, yeah. maybe like there was a spot like, okay, is that yeah. shadows? Like balls yeah. from the back. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And he like was sitting in a chair at one point, spread eagle, yeah. but obscured. Mm-hmm. No, don't no. see. I think, no, what yeah. a coward. Right. I, I like, mean, like I'm never, never going to complain about seeing, never yeah. going to complain about seeing Florence Pugh's breasts the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Oh, I would have liked to have seen some Killian Murphy dong. Yeah, no, I want to see a three foot dong. Yeah. yeah, on IMAX. Yeah, on the yeah. IMAX. Well, I, and I yeah. went to seventy millimeter. The true so experience, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, I wanted to see fucking Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Which, there. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. I I was uh I but thought it, a couple it, days before it said it was you know, it was like full frontal nudity. Yeah, All and Killian Murphy has hung before. Yeah, and so I thought it was a I thought it was a done deal in the Dark Knight, as it's a scarecrow that he mm-hmm. like. That's what Batman's afraid of. Yep, dong. <laughs> yep, that's all coming like together. Keys. <laughs> His boggart's just a huge wang. <laughs> it turns into a slinky. Uh, <laughs> it's down the stairs. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I saw your dong. Uh, no, but 20, 28 days later it was when Killian Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying oh. to figure out. I was like, it wasn't Peaky Blinders. <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't oh, realize. Yeah. I had forgotten that uh, he has been in a lot of Nolan films. A lot. Yeah, that was, I think Oppenheimer was their sixth outing together. That's pretty wow. wild. Yeah. Although, if you, I mean, if you were an actor who was attached to a director, you could do worse. Yeah. yeah, being in a lot of Nolan films, Christ's sake. I I can't get I I haven't I didn't do any Greta Gerwig pre gaming, but I did a lot of I watched a lot of the Nolan movies. 
mm. um, with my son who he's 14. So he hasn't, I don't, I, I don't shield him from anything, but he just hasn't, we've been watching other movies besides Tenet and Inception and fucking the dark Knight. Yeah. It's like Batman, which is weird. Yeah. But I, I went through fine. this summer, every summer I go through these, like last summer we went through the MCU, me and my son mm-hmm. who's 12. And this summer we were going to go through all the Batman movies. So we started with 66 Batman. <clears throat> then we went to Batman 89, which he did not like. <laughs> and then we did Batman returns and he was like, what are you doing to me? Right. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't doing anything for you. Um, and then we watched Batman Begins. We watched The Dark Knight. And then he tapped out. Yeah. And so I don't have a son anymore. Wait, so, he got the no, no, no. Dark Knight and just tapped out? <laughs> yeah. He was like, what? I was like, because we still were going to, we were going to watch Dark Knight Rises, uh, Batman v Superman, Justice League, and then The Batman. And I was like, dude, you got like you got to hang in. Mm. There's some good stuff coming up. And um, I don't know. BVS like, probably eh. skip. Justice League probably skip. Well, I wanted him to have the whole experience because then sure, after that's that, fair. we were, we were going to watch The Flash. Yeah. But then, you know, you make plans and then your kids. Yeah. You know, they dash them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It turns out they're just their own people. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> How gross. Yeah. It's, I'm, I mean, I, the same thing. We went to watch. Uh, we watched uh, Batman Begins. That's the first Nolan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and he was like, "I don't like, like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the voice." And I was like, "Oh, just like a really good movie is coming up next. Like mm-hmm. a really good one. Just keep watching." And he, he didn't, he hasn't seen it. And then we watched. He has, of course, seen uh, BVS before that, and he thought that was trash. So he's like, "I don't even like. He's like, I, I don't even want to see anything. I don't want to see it ever again." Yeah, so <laughs> I, I can't do Batman with him. I can't. I told him too. Like, man, Batman eighty nine. That was like one of my first movies I can remember, mm-hmm. and uh, way, it was like this way is... too Catholic a child to not identify with Batman. You'd think, you'd think, I would. Uh, he didn't go see Barbie either, although um, also a coward. Well, I and the first thing I told him was like, dude, uh, you would have loved it. You would have laughed the whole time. It's not like we took his sisters; they also loved it. Uh, we had we seen that we did we did have a chance to make a thing of Barbie. We all when we had my fingernails are still pink. We did uh, I had a pink tank top. We had I had pink shoes. We went and got like um, uh, there's a donut shop by us called Mary Lou Donuts, and we oh, went and got nice. like we got it was we went uh, to a Saturday matinee. So we were trying not to be around a whole bunch of people, sure. but uh, mm-hmm. the theater was still packed. But we got like like the pink fucking sprinkled donuts and. We got pink drinks from Starbucks and shit like that, and uh, had an absolute fucking blast with them. I uh, I was crying at the end of Barbie, which I wouldn't have thought is a thing I would have done. Um, so how how was Barbie overall? I haven't seen it at all. So. I went in with um, my only expectation I had was that I, from everything I had seen in the little snips that they released, and Ryan Gosling was going to do a good job as he always does. And so I was prepared to have a, at least a good time watching one of my favorite actors. And then the rest of the movie blew me the fuck away. I thought it was, it's funny. It's relevant. It's uh, on the nose with a lot of things. There's jokes that my daughters didn't get that really like the whole beach off thing. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Michael Sarah is somehow the star of the show. He's, I don't know how. He's Ken's buddy. 
He's just Alan. All I fit Ken's it, clothes I fit, fit in all of Ken's clothes, which is a great line. <laughs> and he's like a kung fu master, but I, I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, Barbie. Barbie was a movie because, like, I'm not. You know, I, I watch movies. Like, I sure whatever hundreds of movies a year, and so. I knew I was going to like it. I love, I'm a massive fan of Greta Gerwig. I'm a massive fan of her partner, Noah Baumbach. And because t- he helped co-write the movie. And, um, but I, I never, I didn't really know what to expect. Like I saw the trailer. I saw Will Ferrell. Sometimes he's very hit or miss with me with the broad comedy stuff. Um, when he's dialed in doing like a specific thing, I, I can't stop laughing. But when it's like, a, but anyways, back to Barbie. So, I I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then it, it started and it started big. You know, we're like in Barbie land. It's plastic. It's fantastic. Like it's, it's just huge. You know, I'm like, Oh, sure. they went, they went full Barbie. Okay. A hundred percent. And, and then it just starts getting so on the nose and hitting the largest nail on the head with the largest hammer. And it's beautiful. <laughs> like it's beautiful. It's ruffling all of the right feathers, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going after a very specific uh, group of people, but not, and not in like a, in like a jeering, like finger in your face kind of way, but as like a, like taking the piss out of them. Yeah, kind of, but it's, it's not, it's like not pointed. vicious. No. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's, it's to the point, but it's not it's mean like, in Can't any you way. see how ridiculous this is? Like you gotta sure. just laugh. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's impassioned and like the, and like, I don't think it would have worked if everybody on that cast wasn't like just all the way on board. Like everyone was so committed mm-hmm. and it really, really sold it. And at the end you're crying because, you know, America Ferreira has like this very impassioned speech. That's like, you know, mm-hmm. if if you're not like a female, you're never really going to maybe fully understand, but like as a male, I got, you can get like a glimpse and then like these Ken's, you know, that's what, you know, he's just Ken, but that's kind of the, been the female existence since the dawn of time. And um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. As, as a, as a former acoustic guitar guy. (laughs) um, Yes. I, it was reflective a lot on like um 18 year old 19 year old guy um from rural indiana who grew up in a conservative fucking white cisgender mindset mm-hmm. that uh we're awful people yeah um but it wasn't like in a i didn't like i didn't feel bad it was just more like oh <laughs> i was a douchebag yeah yeah so, Right. Still a that's the thing, like, it's just a different I'm just like in the D D now. Right. So. And that's the thing, is like it's not vicious. It's not like a an attack. You know nope. what I mean? It, it but it's very like, oh yeah. Cause I mean, I was the same way, you know, like I was raised in a very traditional, very conservative religious household. And uh I was raised to think like that. Women were in the kitchen and mm-hmm. like that, like literally words out of people's mouths, you know, stay silent. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's great. Joe, I'll I'll definitely have to get to the theater and see it. I've been I've been really meaning to. Well, you'll love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have, have no a, doubt. You'll yeah. have a really good time. I, yeah, yeah. Joe, you saw them both, but at different times. Having done that, 
would you would you do it any other way or did you like doing it would you like being able to ruminate I, on something longer yeah i i did enjoy ruminating it on it longer just because i really like to digest my food um but i i think i would have enjoyed watching it back to back it was just with i i really wanted to see oppenheimer in the 70 millimeter imax and because there's only 19 theaters in the country that do that uh there was just no way i could see barbie the same day um, right. Um, I, I mean, like I probably could have just stayed at the theater where I was at and just gone and seen Barbie, but I wanted to see Barbie when I had the time to see it and then planned to see Oppenheimer in the 70 millimeter um, as soon as I could do that. So um, I liked it that way. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy, um, I, I think it, they both have such strong and frankly, really deep, messages that I think they conveyed really, really cleverly. And so I, um, I really enjoyed sitting and thinking on Barbie and I don't think I would have been able to think as deeply about Barbie if I then had to go see Oppenheimer. Um, because I finished Oppenheimer and then I immediately on my way home found the audiobook of the book, the movie's based off of, so I could listen to it while I was driving. Um, I think if I'd seen both, I would have been thinking about both of them and like, how do they relate to each other and do they relate to each other? And, and that would have been really interesting. And I might, I might make a day of that at some point, but. Well, I'm throwing uh, a black pink party. I love it. You got to wear black and pink and we're going to watch the movies. I'm I'm just going to do it at my house. I'm in. Look at you. (laughs) Bring your harmonica. Bring your harmonica. I got my, got my hat. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of a hobo pork pie, pork pie thing. But it's close enough. I'll have to do like sad clown makeup with a hat like that. <laughs> Isn't that wasn't that Oppenheimer's childhood nickname? Sad that clown makeup, pork pie. Oh, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't think I thought, so. Probably not. I didn't Opie. know they covered that in the book. Yeah. Rob, I had to think about. Yes. It. Thoughts on Oppenheimer? Uh Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic. Um. Uh, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was somber. I wish I would have gone and seen it in the 70 millimeter or whatever it was. It's not too late. Uh, yeah, it's not too late. How far did you have to travel for that? Where'd you go? I went Indy? to Grand Rapids. So Grand it was Rapids. about a three and a half hour drive. Indy would also have been about a three and a half hour drive. So yeah, Indy sounds like it would definitely be more obtainable. Indy is um, awfully sold out. Last I checked. So that they... also tracks. They extended, I, I haven't checked the new stuff, but I know that they extended through the 17th, which they were not previously extended through. So you might check. I'll um, have to do that because I did hear them. them that being said, that I just saw an article today saying that they're planning to extend it through the end of August, but they haven't released Showtimes in Indy yet. So I don't know what that's going to look like. I might have to keep my eyes out for that because that seems like it would be well worth the trip. Now, yeah. now, Joel, did you see it in the 70 millimeter or did you just see it in IMAX? No, I live in the in North Carolina. They don't have 70 millimeter. Okay. Because we have an IMAX right there in Lafayette, Rob. It's we just do, not, which it's is, just which not, is it's just not where the, I had seen it. But It's not the 11 miles of film. Yeah, it's yeah, not the yeah. 11 miles of film, which like, you know, if I'm going for the experience, fuck it. I might as well at least go and watch seven miles of film. Eleven. Eleven miles. Yeah, yeah you said eleven seven. miles. I thought yeah. it felt short. Not yeah. 
not as short as Cillian Murphy's dong, but yeah. short nonetheless. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I will say if I had just had the guts to move myself to the empty seats in the middle of the theater, I think I would have liked it better in the 70 millimeter, but I, I really three, a three and a half hour drive to watch it by myself about, I, I think I was about in the middle of the theater, but I was all the way to the left um, just on the edge. And it was kind of uncomfortable and it was so loud. I had to wear my earplugs because my hearing has been fucked for a couple of years and I don't want it to get worse. Um, and so I found myself going like, I don't know if this was worth a three and a half hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I liked it. I'm not, it was a really good movie. And I just, I really, I, I walked out of it going, man, I hate when Nick is potentially right. Oh yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to have to go see it in IMAX here to see if it really made that big of a difference, I think. And then that's going to be my determining factor. Was that a three hour round trip or three hours there, three hours back? Three and a half hours there, three and a half hours back. Holy shit. That's so you were, you were gone. It was a whole day. day. (laughs) I dropped dropped my wife off at work at six 30 in the morning and drove to Grand Rapids, got there just in time to find my seat. Um, Watched it, went and got Culver's and left. You gotta get Culver's. Yeah. Well, I, I would have gotten anything, but I just, it was the first thing I saw that looked good and had a drive through. Hey, what'd you yeah. get? What'd you get at Culver's? I got the uh, double butter burger deluxe with uh, the basket, of course, the root beer, because you got to get the root beer. Mm-hmm. And um, I got did you get they, curds. I did not, but they have pretzel bites now. So I got oh, pretzel bites. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. And it was really good with the, uh, the cheddar. Yeah. You did the pretzel bites and the cheddar. Yeah. 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 I'm a mushroom Swiss guy. Uh, sounds delicious. Yeah. You know what they have that's really shockingly good is uh, fish. Their fish sandwich is outstanding. Yeah, they their shrimp good is good too. Yeah. 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 You know who loved getting their shrimp was uh, Houston. Really? Yep. Hmm? I didn't know that about them. Yep. Could have guessed it though, right? Yeah. Now yeah. I should have known. No. Thanks for that sponsorship, Culver's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. If you'd Culver's. like to pay us, we make our food from happy cows. Culver's, you hear your family. Yeah, or whatever, whatever it is. What what do they actually say? I don't care. Eating good in the hood? No, that's Applebee's. I don't think that's it. <laughs> Applebee's is eating good in the hood. I think. Anyway. I think it's Culver's Eat Fresh. Oh, that sounds right. You know what? Oh, it has uh, the ring of truth. Yeah, I can't. I can't. That is the only ring of that. truth. If you were like, if you could have boulder dashed me just then, you'd get a point. I don't believe that that was true. I'd have voted for that if there was other, I, like, no other options. I try to bald bash anybody anymore. I'm married. <laughs> Very Fair. gentlemanly of you. Fair. So all in all, do you think, do you, how about this? Better question. Better question. Joel, you are a Jurassic Park guy. Yeah, a little bit. Love Jurassic Park. I know this about you. Yeah. Men of culture. What movie hmm. is the perfect Barbie to Jurassic Park's Oppenheimer? Um, that's a great question. That's a great question. So, I mean, are we talking like a movie that came out in like 1993, the summer of 1993? Um, are we, are yeah, we talking like, let, let's, let's do that. No, any movie. If you were to sit down and say, 
If uh, hey, you guys think Barbie and Oppenheimer is a great double feature today? What about right. Jurassic Park and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Or <laughs> um, I don't know. Like they weren't exactly uh, on the the forefront of of feminist um, <laughs> culture films uh, in the nineties. And that, that's a good question. Maybe maybe Jurassic Park and um, uh, like, like Sister Act. I'm trying to think of a movie that you could like. It's not bad. Have like a, a bad female one, yeah. protagonist that you could like dress up as well. That's not bad. <laughs> you do worse that's than that. Pretty. That's a, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but because you know, because like you know, any other like like Romeo plus Juliet, any like female centric things, like it's like well, that's it's all about Leo. It's all about the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, ghost. Yeah. Doesn't work. Yeah. No, it's all about Swayze and that bot. Right. And clay, surprisingly, <laughs> a lot of yeah. clay. A lot of clay. And what's his name with the sad, hollow, large eyes that was in that movie? He just died not too recently. Oh, mm. What's his name? He looked like a he looked like a Hanna Barbera character. Oh, Yogi Bear. That was the one. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. uh, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> Quick draw of a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I know too many Hanna Barbera characters. I think. <laughs> yeah, let's keep this train going. Boo -boo. What's his name? Hey, boo -boo. Help me make this picnic basket. Oh, Vin Vincent, Vincent Schiavelli. Yeah, that's not real. Oh, sure. Yeah. From like that memory turns. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the big, uh, the big fast yeah. uh, times at High. Dopey dog ears, eyes. Yeah. I well, I can connect gorilla. that back to Oppenheimer. Tony Goldwyn was in um, Ghost, uh, and he's also the head of the uh, tribunal there. Uh, that's the interviewing old Oppie. Hmm. Um, what if I'm hearing that Krumholtz had a uh, quite the uh, Oppenheimer supporting role? Yeah, is that true. Yeah, Krumholtz is. Yeah, yeah, dude. He, so Krumholtz. Romulus plays a very fantastic character. He's very Jewish. Um, and he, he, oh man, he plays another scientist. Um, and they never really go into it. They, he kind of is like a friend of. Does he play Robbie? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. He does. Yeah. Krumholtz plays. Uh, Isidore Robbie. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's the, the, the bigger guy. Yeah. He's far yeah, yeah, long, yeah. long away from, from Benny Eats. the Elf. Bernard the Elf. Bernard the Elf, correct. Uh, he's so good in it. He, he, that scientist like created like the microwave. Like that's yeah. Like you know, but they don't really go into that, and because there's just too much going on and and up and yeah. there. But yeah, he's got a really great supporting role. Like in 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 my, I have a note in at the end of the year because I'm in the North Carolina Film Critics Association. And I'm in the Southeastern Film Critics Association, um, and a, and a couple other smaller independent ones. And we do like end of the year voting and like we submit who we think should be nominated for best supporting, blah, 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 blah. And I have a note specifically that says David Krumholtz best supporting. Um, because it's just, it's a fantastic, a fantastic kind of thankless supporting role because Downey Jr. is getting a lot of heat. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, even people that show up for just like, a cigarette break are just crushing it. You know, like Casey mm. Affleck shows up a little bit. Rami Malek is in it for like three and a half minutes, but he crushes it. Kenneth Branagh, Benny Safdie, Jason Clark, like there's all these people in it. And they're just like, it's just it's like, incredible. Oh my God. It was Josh. Josh Peck. Josh Peck. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, unbelievable. Yeah. Alden Ehrenreich, freaking Han Solo. Um, yeah. So many, so many great people showing up, doing little things. Um, and, you know, Krumholtz just equally crushed it, but just kind of, he's, he had like a presence. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. He did such a he, good job. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He really did. I don't know how to describe it either. Yeah. Yeah. Man. He's just, yeah. He became, he, you know, yeah, he's, he's great. Him and Biddy Zafty, I think, were probably my two favorite. I mean, Downey, the Downey's good in everything. He's obviously, yeah, Downey's right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of off the board because it's not fair. Yeah. But to answer your very first it's question, I liked Oppenheimer better. I think Barbie is an amazing film. Um, and, uh, you know, I rate out of five star scale, and Barbie is a four, and Oppenheimer is a five. By Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer to me is a masterpiece. You know, it's, we, I think that everybody, and like I'm, I'm a Nolan fan, but I, I'm not like a Nolan fan boy. Sure, so sure. like I like I find faults, you know, like there's there's movies that just don't work for me that that he has done. And I, you know, I like the prestige a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's his most overrated film because everyone's like, oh, prestige, prestige, prestige. And that's just like, yeah, it's just a good solid movie, but like I'm, you don't have to, you know, slobber all over it. Um, I do fucking love the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, but I think that's a situation where the the reveal and like the, the creativity or like the the like sneakiness of it kind of leaves more of an impact than, than the actual film. It's more like story over anyways. Um, that's my prestige rant, but I think that <laughs> You're everyone, everyone knew that Nolan could make a film of this magnitude and scope and scale. And like, I think that we all kind of in the whatever film community, like knew that Nolan had it in him to make like a holy shit. This movie is good um aside from just like a like a summer blockbuster you know what i mean like a prestige picture sure. um yeah and i think that one of the, the a few things that that nolan always gets praised for is always the technical aspect of things because he's mm-hmm. just like a savant but there's always like this well like he can't write women or his all his women are always like dead or the ex-wife or you know uh some kind some of combination red, of the red two. herring, you know, sure. and he can't write, you know, love stories or whatever. And I think that, I think that he got some actors, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, he got some female characters that could really bring some weight and presence and, and shine just as bright as the men and have an opportunity to do so, but also have like a, a relationship, um, a, a male and female relationship that didn't feel cold and distant because Oppenheimer's life and work is very much tied into his relationship with women and, 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 and blunt and pew, like rush it. And as you know, as someone who thinks that, that some of those criticisms of having cold and distant, like, you know, Marion Cotillard and in, in inception, for instance, is like one of those kind of like, yeah, I can see where people are coming from, but I think that he'd bring, you know, on all fronts from the technical to the, the actors bringing humanity and like this moral ambiguity. And like, you know, there's no, no one has a foot to stand on at the end of that movie. You know what I mean? And they yeah. don't, those characters, they all have, pathos and they all have they all have these these things that make them so incredibly human which i think is you know if you if you if you leave oppenheimer and you're like man that was kind of you know what he did was terrible and it's kind of like a, in praise of oppenheimer like you didn't watch you didn't watch the movie you know i i think that what nolan did with the way he wrote it 
is that these people have such a humanity that they brought to the screen that you can really feel the impact of what they did. And it's not just like, a, oh, they built a bomb and they were like in a building and they were kind of like shutting everything out. And so like they didn't really understand what they did until they kind of left that area and were like, we destroy humanity. But you really feel that with Killian Murphy's performance, which is if he doesn't win, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. Best actor. Like Shocked. He, he, yes. He is absolutely phenomenal. As, if nothing else, his eyes should hypnotize the critics into yeah. giving it to him. For sure. I mean, yeah. His eyes, well, they'll have like an own, for me. His own award for his right. Yeah. yeah. Right. 100%. Best eyes, like a high best school supporting yeah, Best yeah. eyes. <laughs> they make but a whole just, new award just for And that. now, most likely to succeed. Most likely to not show his dong. Um, Again, no. Cillian Murphy. That's why it's a 4.5 for me. Yeah. Five years <laughs> running. Um, I just think that all the, all the going back to my previous rant, I think that all the things that people think are missing from Nolan's like oeuvre, I think that he brings that with such a resounding like fuck you to the critics that yeah it's 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 a wonder to behold and and so like i don't i don't throw on the phrase masterpiece lightly i i think that you know it's you know when a filmmaker has kind of reached this culmination of like putting all of his tools on display that he has from his toolbox and using them all to the the best of their ability and like for me that's you know spielberg learned a lot from jaws he learned a lot from close encounters he learned a lot from et and then he put all of that magic and wonder and 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 Spielbergness into Jurassic Park and made that masterpiece. And I think that Nolan, from Batman to The Prestige to Inception to Tenet, and he he took all of those things that he learned and all of the shit that people were saying to him, and he filtered it into his Christopher Nolan brain, and he gave us a fucking masterpiece, which is Oppenheimer. Well said. Make me feel bad. I haven't Very seen well it. Said. <laughs> you should. Uh, when it comes to the Academy, you think these two get nominated pretty heavily? I think these two are maybe the most decorated. I I, I can see mm-hmm. Oppenheimer breaking records. Yeah. What would even compete this year? Like, well, we still, we still yet, have but... Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon, right. which looks okay. phenomenal. We still have Ridley Scott's Napoleon um movie oh, coming yeah. out i could see that trying to fight for it yeah. and there's always a couple of like things that sneak in there and you know play spoiler like coda from yeah fair point but yeah as i mean right now it's front runner it's you know sure. it's had you know first in the clubhouse sure well i feel like any more would be beating a horse to death if you haven't seen Barbie or don't want to see Barbie, we're not going to change your mind. Ben Shapiro you hates it, it though. So, <laughs> which it. is the biggest reason you should, should go watch be right? the reason to go. But he's never made his wife have an orgasm, so maybe go see it. I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy, uh, Rob. I went to you first with what made you smile this week. What has? Uh, what are you geeking on this week? I am so glad that you asked. Thank you. Uh, oh wait, oh. hold on! No, fuck yeah. you! Hold on! No, we have a guest. Yeah. Guests get to choose if they want to go first or last. Yeah, fuck I, you, Rob. I'll go last. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he'll go last. Okay, <laughs> Rob. So what are you geeking? <laughs> All right, great. Uh, Baldur's Gate three just dropped, and holy oh, yeah. goddamn! I hear it's the bee's knees. About something that could probably be considered a masterpiece. This game's fucking incredible. Uh, 
visually writing wise it feels the most like playing dungeons and dragons that uh, the game has probably since the last Baldur's gate game uh it's mm-hmm. uh it's really good you could do goddamn anything that you really want in this just giant sandbox game it would be like if i was to run like i don't know pick a module like curse of strahd or tomb of annihilation any campaign uh for you guys uh, but instead of me, it's just a computer. And instead of just having to use my imagination, it is like double A, triple A graphics, physics engine, setting engine, uh, and made by a very um, uh, well-received RPG company. Uh, it's fucking great. And I will probably be doing like, I've got three playthroughs already, like, uh, uh, like, scheduled out uh and i've got a playthrough with uh some friends it's multiplayer and co-op and stuff so you can party up with some friends and play it it's uh it's really fucking good i hear there's dong as well oh hell yeah there is there's all sorts of shit it's uh i was not expecting that i've been playing the beta for a while uh that kind of came i'm left field but uh you know what fuck it send it yeah I heard the uh, the women have bigger dogs than the men. Uh, sometimes. Depends but on which campaign you're running. Right. Depends on which campaign, that, yeah. I don't know if that's true or if it's just because they it just looks bigger because they're smaller. Could be. Uh, you know what? That's a great question. I tell question. my wife. Yeah. <laughs> it looks bigger. You know what? That's, uh, I got another smaller, character. Right? Another camp, yeah, playthrough. Well, because they're smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny hands. Yeah. yeah. Joe, what about you? I uh I am definitely uh geeking on Oppenheimer. Um I did have a great time. I was very it was a very fun day to be able to just go and I, Michigan is a beautiful state to drive through. Um It's pure. It's I could not I I've driven through it before. I mean we we drove up to like Mackinac one time um cuz uh, Maddie's grandparents really liked staying at the Grand. And um I I didn't remember that it's like forest and then suddenly city and then forest again. Um, I, that's really cool to me. Um, I realize it's, it's not really that functionally different than cornfield city cornfield. Um, disagree trees instead of corn. Big disagree. Yeah. Uh, I just, as far as it goes, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think this is virgin forest. It's probably second or third. No, I don't know. I mean, it, it's look, it's pure Michigan. That's true. That's true. It's pure Michigan. That might be virgin forest. It might be. It might be. I'll never tell. Um, well, you don't. You don't kiss and tell. <laughs> no. You never have. No, I'm very gentle. They threw out their other motto, which was sloppy seconds. Right. <laughs> Michigan. Which is a long running front hand runner. job state. <laughs> the hand job state. That's a joke only the uh, uh, oh, it looks Patreon like supporters will see. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I get it. Um, it's a great show title too. Because it looks like a Met. No, the hand job state. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, but yeah, and I I've really been enjoying American Prometheus, um, which is the book the that Oppenheimer is based on. Um, hey, I was going to ask, having not seen Oppenheimer, that gives me a chance to read American Prometheus first. Would you recommend reading it first? Ooh. Ah. Uh, could go either way. I could go either way. Thank you. You've um, made you've made it so much no, easier. No, I know. I know. Here's the, the <laughs> thing is, is that the um 
the here's what I'll, I'll explain it. The, uh, the movie focuses on a very specific slice of Oppenheimer's life that basically goes from like, uh, it, it shows some of his early days once he gets to Europe. Um, but it's kind of cutting back and forth, uh, and around his life until he gets to Los Alamos where they're doing the, uh, the Manhattan project. Once you hit the Manhattan project, it is a pretty solid chunk of his life. And as it goes back and forth with Robert Downey Jr.'s um, story, it um, it's all basically the same time period. American Prometheus starts all the way. It actually starts before his birth with his grandfather, Benjamin Penis Oppenheimer. Um, and, and I listened to the audiobook and was very confused. It's P-I-N-H-A-S. Um, which I don't know what that means, but it's not penis as in genitals. Um, well, when yeah. he came, when he came back to the States, they, he named it, it was Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, uh Benjamin Johnson Oppenheimer was his grandfather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting listening to his early years and then it, it, it will make you feel so much more informed about the movie. Because the choices that Killian Murphy makes about how he plays the character and the choices that I think Nolan made in the direction for things are a lot more apparent once you know the backstory of the actual man. Okay. And so I actually think it would enhance the film to read the book. Um, and and it was one of those things where I was I was listening to the book and going, I I think this would make the movie better. This is one of the rare occasions where the book is better than the movie, but it's in a way that makes the movie better. Interesting. So, yeah. So I actually, I've, I've talked myself around to it. Uh, you could do it either way, but I actually recommend reading the book first. Then I think I will. Yeah. So, uh, and you're next, I believe. Yes. Uh, my brothers in Christ. For the first time in like five years, I went to Gen Con and. Nice. I didn't know I missed it. Uh, and it's very strange. We set attendance. We they set attendance records again. Wow. Um, more than you, fifty thousand. Uh, it was seventy some thousand people. Wow. Yeah, everyone um, was ready to go back this year. I know I only went on Thursday, so that's probably why it felt a lot thinner than seventy thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, Man, it was really cool. It was good to be back to doing that. Um, I told Rob, Joe, you don't know this, but one of our favorite things about Gen Con is gone. The Gen Con uh, voice. Uh, oh, Gen Con attendees. He's gone. I, How do they communicate things? Well, we're standing in line, waiting for the doors to open, and the disembodied voice says, Hey, everybody at Gen Con. It's the disembodied voice of Gen Con, you nerds. So, like, we're going to be patient. We're not going to run in, right? So let's have fun. And it's just like a plucky, it's like a plucky lady. That would make me instantly run in and not be patient. I didn't like it. I, it's not what I wanted. Um, I am rarely oppositionally defiant, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last time we were there, the theme to me seemed to be. um uh, ice climbing. climbing yeah ice climbing sometimes the board was actually a three-dimensional board that looked like a mountain sometimes right. it, it was yetis sometimes it was literally just about climbing um there was two themes this year that really stood out 
Oh, yeah. Summit was yeah. one of them. You bought that that year. I forget. I did. One theme, uh, the one of the major themes, I was going to say thematically, but mm-hmm. that's implied. Um, sure is. Anthropomorphic animal adventurers. Um, if I see one more fox with a torch or one more frog with a red cape and a dagger or one more weasel with a bow and arrow, I'm going to gag. Um, <laughs> at first I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. Don't go this, watch Robin Hood. <laughs> this game looks neat. Don't, don't look at your arm. <laughs> don't look at my, don't, don't read Redwall. Don't, I mean, uh, Watership Down. I mean, all these things mm-hmm. I'm. I, it's normally when I first when I saw the first game that had a fucking fox with a torch, I was like, all right, what's this about? Oh, it's a dungeon crawler, but you're an animal. Fucking yep. cool. Every goddamn booth had later. that fucking theme. And I was tired of it. And sometimes it was like, you're a squirrel and you got to find your nuts. But you also have a dagger. It's like, fuck you. Um, the other theme is um, overly complicated. Games. For no reason. Every game now thinks they're Gloomhaven. Everybody thinks they're Scythe. Everybody thinks mm. they're Frosthaven. Everybody thinks they're Madara. And all their games are complicated for the sake of being complicated. Because, because chaos is a ladder. Mm. And and through chaos, right. simplicity. The, yeah, the more cones complicated of it is, the simpler it is. Everything yeah. was the Cones of Dunshire. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything was like with my easy bake oven. Like, so tell me about this game. And they're like, well, it's a, it's a, it's a evolving deck engine resource management game with collectible uh, cards that have varying degrees of uh, rarity that you can buy um, separate from the game. It's a tile placement game with miniatures, uh, role playing, and um, it's like bingo. Have you played bingo? It's like, what the, like, that's just too many things. For fucking no reasons whatsoever. And a lot of times you'd ask them, like, so why do you have all the tiles? They'll be like, well, you know, so you could flip them. Like, oh, so you just wanted tiles. A lot of games seem like there was a guy who came up with a brand new gaming mechanic that no one's ever seen. And then they designed the game around the gaming mechanic. What was that one incredible one that you were telling me about? You're you're talking about Jack Labrador. Yes, that's the one. Joel Gen Con is a it's the it's it's the the greatest four days in gaming. It's a board game convention, basically. Yeah, I've um, been to Gary Con, the D oh, hell yeah, very like similar. Geneva, yeah, yeah. very similar. Uh, yeah. It's Gary Gygax's convention here in Gen Con, the Geneva mm-hmm. convention, Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to pay for your booth space. Um, double booths are more expensive than single booths. Corner booths, end caps, they're all. Varying. This guy had a nice big double end cap booth. Wow. Jack Lab Jack Labrador is what it was called. And there was like booth babes, and there was swag. There was like pink and uh, black trucker hats, and t-shirts and tank tops, real high end shit. Just by walking past the booth, you got this cool Jack Labrador rubber bracelet, right? I'm gonna be the guy from Jack Labrador. Um. I call you over to the booth. I say, hey, do you know how to play rock, paper, scissors? And you say, yes. And I say, give me a rock. So you give me a rock. And I say, give me a paper. So you give me a paper. Scissors. I say, now give me a jack. Now give me a Labrador. Right? Sure. And I say, okay. 
full disclosure, this is when I peaked on my edibles. So this whole thing was fantastic. But <laughs> but I'm, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of. I'm standing next to my cousin Martin. We're on the same path, and I can feel him like bristling. Like this is weird, right? Because we're not seeing anything for sale in this expo hall where you're supposed to be selling your wares to people who want to buy them, take them home, and do the thing. Yeah. He explains to us that the normal rules of rock, paper, scissors exist within the game of Jack Labrador, right? Rock gets beat by paper, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Jack beats everything except a Labrador. A Labrador loses to everything except a Jack. So I'm like, okay, I get it. He's like, so let's play a game. And he calls over. He's like, hey, Kenny. Come on, we're playing some Jack Labrador. And fucking Kenny comes over. These guys are like 64, 65 years old. You can tell that they were yacht rock. They were, they were, oh, they're playing, they're playing like fucking, they're playing some fucking yacht rock. It's fucking jamming, right? And you could tell that they were on their fucking boat and they came up with the fucking like rock, paper, scissor for it. They're going to like Rochambeau to see who goes and gets a beer. And one dude threw a Jack. And they were like, fuck it, let's make a game. So we, we play, right? We win. Cause I throw, I throw a Jack and he's like, Oh, so you get it. And I'm like, yeah. Cause it's rock, paper, scissor with two extra hand things. He says, do you want to play for a shirt? I say, sure. I throw a Labrador. He throws a Jack. I win a nice pink Jack Labrador tank top. And he nice. says, all right, man, Jack Labrador. And I'm like, cool. And then we walk away. He wasn't selling anything. And they disappeared. This dude had to yeah. have lost. This dude lost eight grand. They haven't been there for weekend. 30 they actually, years. They closed up shop after the first day. There's no, he lost eight grand this weekend. I guarantee, I mean, between lodging and driving there and renting the fucking booth and all the swag he fucking gave away if people beat him in rock, paper, scissors. It was fucking Wait, wild. So what are the mechanics if two jacks are thrown? Is there well it's just a like, it's off. like a push? It's a it's a push, right? But you here's know the thing. All right, I'm done. His whole thing is you can expect you want to play a, a hundred person game of Jack Labrador. You just gotta it's just like the laws of diminishing returns, right? So like if 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 we play a hundred exactly people, what it is. We play a, if we play a hundred people <laughs> and ninety-nine people throw a jack and you throw a Labrador, you beat everybody. Right. But let's say like two people throw jacks. Right. And I throw a Labrador. But Joe, you throw a scissors. Well, I lose because I'm a Labrador. And I so I lost at the scissors. Right. But I beat the two jacks. But the jacks beat the scissors. So we all lose. Game over. It's like, like God, I hate this. So and then and then he was like, go tell your friends. And so we left. But you have, in his defense, been so telling you your friends. I've been playing Jack Labrador ever since. It's a great game. This guy has deeply impacted our lives. But I'm just, I walked away and I looked at my cousin. I was like, are we, do we owe him anything? Yeah, what happened? Like, am I supposed to tip him? What is? I feel like we should smoke. <laughs> it's very strange. It was I, very, very strange. I'd like to pitch a new game. I call it Sheriff Coroner. <laughs> <laughs> It's only, the exact same rules. Because only the coroner can arrest the sheriff. <laughs> right. That's right. It's the exact same rule. It's the same rules, only the Labrador is the coroner and the right. Jack is the sheriff. Yeah. I like that. I thought about standing outside his booth and just telling people to how, like, don't go you in there. This is how this I'm is going Jack, to spend this my is Labrador. 
move on. But I'm not cruel. I might find out if he's going to be there next year. And let's think. Oh, he also said, oh, there's also some cards over there if you want to, like, look at them. Uh, oh, so you could have bought cards. I No, he didn't say anything about it. He didn't say oh. there was nothing for sale. He just said, like, oh, there's also, like, a like business cards. I don't know. I don't know. I found their website this. and I put it in the chat. I'm thinking that I, I think the idea is that you're supposed to play it with these cards. And, and so like, cause like, otherwise, why, why wouldn't you just always either play Jack or Labrador? That's. Yes. But if you have, that's the age old question. If you, because yeah, <laughs> you really might, is. what happens if everybody plays Labrador and you're the lone motherfucker with scissors, you win. True. I was, I, I didn't know. I, if there's a, I didn't know there's a website. I have no, I mean, I guess I could have. No, I, just, I just Googled he didn't it. Say, he didn't say that. like, hey, so make sure you check out jacklabrador.com for like yeah. more hand gestures you can add to the game. <laughs> let me, uh, let me like, throw you a note. Like, a shocker, sentence shocker beats brand. Jack, but loses the Labrador, but only right. beats paper. Like, I don't know. Have you trained at the Labradojo to become the second Stop. greatest? No, I'm down. I'm out. I'm actually taking this up. They call yeah, it a Labradojo. Yes. I can't even wear the cool bracelet anymore. Uh, uh, no sorry. way. Labradojo, get out of here. Labramojo Dojo Casa House. Casa House. Mm-hmm. Yep. What are you geeking on, yo? Uh, I'm geeking on uh, William Friedkin. So I'm reading this book called The Exorcist Legacy, Legacy: Fifty Years of Fear, by uh, Nat Sagaloff. Great book, very in depth. Like, there's been other Exorcist books, but this is kind of like the legacy of it, and like the the shows, the the, the TV shows, the movies, everything. Uh, and and it's a very comprehensive look at it. So I've been doing that. I've been watching the Exorcist movies. I've been watching. Um, uh, I have my "To Live and Die in L.A." is a freaking movie that I have not seen. So I you can't get it anywhere because it's probably like a Fox movie. So you can't like rent it or stream it or anything like that. So right. I. I have a friend who owns it, so I'm getting that from him, and I'm you know watching Sorcerer and the French Connection, and geeking out on Freakin, who recently passed. Yeah, that's yeah. the chat. The geeking on Freakin. Yeah, Dong's out. Dong's out. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, before we end this shindig, where can our listeners find more of you? Or do you you got any pluggables? Yeah, I got pluggables. I um, if you like the sound of my voice. I also have a podcast. Uh, I have a lot of massive blind spots. Part of my part of my story is that I was born and raised in a very strict religious cultish type household. Got out of that and far, run far, far away from that and have since recovered, but have a lot of religious trauma. But I also have a lot of massive blind spots in films, considering I'm a film critic. Uh, and so I have been going through and watching every best picture winner from 1927 with wings and moving forward. And every week I cover uh, a different movie um, chronologically from 1927. I'm in the 50s currently, uh, and that is called And the Winner Was. You can find that anywhere. Just look for And the Winner Was on any kind of podcast uh place that you listen to podcasts and i'm there you can look up winstead reviews um on x or threads or um you know facebook outstanding Hell yeah um 1977 one of the best pex pictures of all time uh it's true 
But uh, I think Ryan's going to be coming on that bad boy pretty soon. I think pretty soon. Yeah. You have to let me know when that is. I I think I'm going to be scheduling you like literally going to be. I think I was going to like made a mental note to talk to you tonight. Okay. (laughs) Convenient. I'll be. uh, uh, I'm pretty free, but I, I, I have seen it. I've watched it. I have notes. Yeah. Well, you're going to be so 77 Annie Hall, but we also are going to be doing Around the World in 80 Days. Yes. 1956. Yes. The oldest movie I think I've ever seen. Is that right? I think so. Wow. Good for you. I should do better. You really should, should do better. It's not that old. I'd like to see Wings. <laughs> you see Wings, 1927. Yeah. Actually, it's a really great uh, vampire movie from uh, way before that. Metropolis is where it's at. I love Metropolis. True fucking banger. More of a Gotham guy. Yeah. Anyway, if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, the best thing you could do is uh, go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Tell us the oldest movie you've ever seen. And if you want to tell us other things, you can do so on any of the socials. All you have to do is search at GeekCast Live. And you can also check out the website that I made at violentpress.com. It's a nice website. Thank you. It is. He made it. If you'd like to support us in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash geekcast live, where someday, eventually, in an unspecified future, you can watch the videos of the podcast uh, that we record from Zoom. And if you want to wear merchandise with our faces on it, you can find it over at gcl.threadless.com. That's gcl.threadless.com. Dot com. And um, call your grandparents. See you in hell. Love you very much. Hey, everyone. Nico here. And as always, we just want to take a minute to thank all those degenerates, 'er ne'er-do-wells, and supporters who make this ill-fated machine stumble to the finish line. We could not do it without you, for better or worse. So thank you, as always, to Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lotta Bartova, Kelly Shuttleward, the Poly Nerds, the K-Man, Quentin Quattrain, my man Dan Shale, Randy the Bang Bus, Bang Bus, Hapless Sam McGillicuddy, Churchill Dowds, I don't know if that's their official website, that might be porn, Rose Rosenstein, Sandy Hornblower, <laughs> that's a Grumpkin's flight right there, that's from, what is that? Charleston, uh, Pinkert Hagers. We've got Jew Dave, which is Dave the Fish, Girl from Thereaways, Three Finger Emily. We love all of you. Get in on the action. You know where to follow us. If not, Joe will tell you. I'm not reading that name because that's not a real person, but the rest of you are. We love you. Thank you, as always. Check this.